Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Anything But Holmes and Watson, where we talk about anything but Holmes and Watson. I'm Daniel. I'm Brandon. And I'm Bo. Uh, this is a Sherlock Holmes podcast where we talk about whatever we want, any adaptations, the actors involved, etc. But not that movie, not the movie Holmes and Watson, because fuck it. You mean the film where Watson falls off a roof? Trying to commit suicide. What did I just say? Into a pumpkin. (laughs) Uh, We are not to speak of it, Jen. No, not here. Not on this particular. My my bad. It's it's (laughs) the first episode. Two minutes in, we've already fucked it. (laughs) So uh, it's you know it's like Fight Club. First rule of (laughs) of, um, anything but Holmes and Watson is we talk about anything but Holmes and Watson. And the second rule is no kicking. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no kicking under the table. Uh, <laughs> ow, my shin. Um, joke. Anyway, uh, so let's uh, have a chat. Uh, Dan, what is it about Sherlock Holmes that you love? What, what What's drawn you uh, to this particular character? I think that he has an interesting... like that in, a, in a world of action, in a world of superheroes, I like intellectual debate. I like... I like how smart he is. Mm. I like the fact that he's in the public domain. So <laughs> so there's like tons of stuff. Like you can have like, hey, in this uh, story, uh, he's a detective. And in this one, he's a detective, but he's fighting a, a Lovecraft monster. <laughs> that's uh, that's the Emerald, I, uh, the study in Emerald. I draw the line at Su- uh, Sherlock Holmes meets Supernatural. I can handle a bit of rough and tumble uh, action. Uh, in fact, I... That's how I like my homes, mm-hmm. um, but oh. it, it, it's uh, when it starts to get into that sort of supernatural element. That's when I go, yeah, that's not what I'm here for. But Neil Gaiman, yeah, okay, um, you got me. I'm in. Um, mm, I'll think about it. Uh, Brennan, what about you? What, what's drawn you to Sherlock Holmes? I love the, the the fact that so often that you like characters. Uh, characters in the Western canon will be forgotten over time. Mm. But Holmes is, I think, one of the longest enduring characters. It's going on like 200 and something Except for actual now. myth. Like well, y- you have actual myth and actual religion. Yeah, yeah. Those mm. characters have been going on longer. But yeah, in yeah. terms of like literature, mm. I can only think of Shakespeare characters that are have survived that long. Has survived longer. But That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Holmes and Watson and uh, all the others, are just their, their staying power mm. and what people can do with them that like are, is amazing. Mm. Is he the most adapted uh, fictional character? Um, I, I would say so. I, like, I think you'd have to look up statistics for that. So I'm not, I don't know that much about it but i mean he's only been in the public domain for the past sort of 10 years uh no he's no. been he's been in the public domain for a way longer i thought it was only the so last sort of 10 to 15 years because I, I i know the timeline because in season two uh they thought that he of star trek the next generation they thought he was in the public domain and he wasn't and right. then so that's why they didn't bring it up again for like four seasons and then in season six he was in the public domain so within that four years so sometime in the nineties, okay. Because Disney keeps. I have a feeling it. it was after. Um, oh, sorry, it was just before the Guy Ritchie films. No, I thought it was way back because this sounds like something we Lord do. Was was an extended in Britain for quite some time. We need to uh, look this up. Here we go. Um, 
this is based on um, an internet search. While most of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's stories are in the public domain, 10 of his stories were published in the 1920s, and while some of those stories have been entering the public domain since 2016, others remain under copyright until January 1st, 2023. So, so the, the character itself, this is why the, the, um, the uh, family of uh, Arthur Conan Doyle keeps suing people. Because it's like, well, this aspect of Sherlock Holmes wasn't introduced until this one, which is still in the public domain. So the, the character it's itself is in the public domain, but some of the stories aren't. So it's like um, uh, Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh is now in the public domain as mm. of mm. like last week. And um, people are already messing with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, oh, but yeah. He, he's in the public domain, but like the, the all the Disney aspects of him are not in the public domain. Right. Um, I, I would say, um, moving o- away from that, um, bag of cats, <laughs> copyright law. I, I would say, uh, the reason I, I'm drawn to uh, a character like Sherlock Holmes was, I think it was something about, uh, his eccentricity that I really admired. And, uh, I'm the kind of, uh, the kind of, uh, vanity project <laughs> that, will love a character even more if I can see myself as the character or if I can relate to the character in some way that is both mental and physical. Uh, so when I saw this uh, angular, dark-haired, <laughs> brooding um, character, I was like, that's my guy. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> you did play Sherlock Holmes. I don't like to bring it up. I'm very modest about I'm, it. Oh, do go into it, please. I'm sure all the <laughs> listeners... Would like to hear about your play. What? Yes, I'm 10 sure. Years ago now? Uh, no, actually, thank you. It was. Um, it was actually. Oh Jesus! It's six years ago. So closer to ten than. Uh, <laughs> than you would have liked. I would have liked, but uh, it was an excellent experience. Um, uh, it was just a local play, but um, I got to play Sherlock Holmes, and it was sick. Uh, funny story about when I uh, auditioned for the role. Um, naturally, I just blew it away, and that's how I got Natural. the role. Oh, naturally, <laughs> naturally, yeah, naturally. yeah. and. Um, <laughs> But um, I didn't read the whole script. (laughs) So I read the audition piece and I'm like, it's Sherlock Holmes. I'm fucking playing this character whether it doesn't matter what it takes to play this character, I'm going to do it. And then I got the script after I accepted the role. Oh, that's always a good sign. I'm reading through the script and it's a great story. It's called um, Sherlock Holmes and the Adventure of the Suicide Club. Uh, It's really fun, really compelling mystery. Um, You don't join that club. and, um, And then... I'm reading the the script through and I'm like, there's a lot of dialogue for Sherlock. (laughs) Almost like he is an intellectual person that likes to explain everything. And it's like, um, like literally, I think half the script was my dialogue. (laughs) And I was just like, oh shit. And I was so terrified about it that I was- um I was like, I, I, I have to I have to learn this. So I spent days and nights and lucky I was studying at the time, so I was doing a lot of commuting to the city. So I was like, um I whenever I was on the train, I would do um like what I was studying on the way to class and then on the way home was my Sherlock time. <laughs> I like the idea that you didn't think that the person that is both the star and a character that likes to monologue wouldn't have a lot of dialogue. Well, I didn't think he wouldn't have a lot of dialogue. I just underestimated the uh, volume of what 
what there would be and I think it was more like I was just I was so besotted with the idea of playing this character that you, it didn't occur to so you admire that I was just like yeah whatever I'll do it it'll be fine and then it was like <laughs> to be fair it was fine probably I was like you mean people are gonna come and watch <laughs> <laughs> no pressure um, um yeah so I, I don't know I, I've just always been drawn to the character and it's uh something I've, I've loved very much I really like um people interpreting the character in different ways mm. Mm. Um, what about you, Brendan? Uh, w- yeah. When I when I want a modern interpretation of Sherlock Holmes and John Watson, I I want them well, not as British as they were. Right, I, so they were not, very not so, not so stiff upper lip. Yes, they were in uh, in the original tome. Uh, they are very British. You really want to do it? Do it. My dear Holmes is my favorite line from. He's Watson. been doing it. So often. I can't stop. <laughs> um, what I like is that he does um I see what you mean. And some of the some of the like assumptions that he makes is based on eighteen hundreds. Oh yeah. F- um, so let's let's talk a little forensics. bit about the aging of the literature. So the literature is awesome and I love it, but there's certain parts in there that you're kinda like, mm, I think science has disproved that now. Yeah, like your favorite thing. <laughs> Do you want to explain uh, your favourite thing or do you want to wait? I'll, I'll give it a brief explanation. So we've talked about um, before, uh, privately obviously, um, uh, one of my favourite uh, short stories from uh, the Sherlock, uh, Sherlock Holmes novels is uh, The Blue Carbuncle, which is a Christmas um, story. And there's a part in the, the book where um, Holmes describes a gentleman who has whose hat has come into his possession and he's like, oh, yes, he clearly has gas laid on it and they're like, uh, how, however did you work that out, Holmes? And he's like, uh, ah, this stain here is only from the gas that is in his home. And, and then That sounds logical. I can't well wait for it to fall off a cliff. It, no, it's something, it's something to do with the, like the, the gas in their houses, like it, it stains and the smell and all that sort of thing. And then he's like, um, <clears throat> yes, and I see that this is a very expensive hat. So this was a man of great wealth some time ago. However, he's recently fallen on hard times and his wife does not love him anymore. And like, Holmes, how could you possibly know that? And it says, well, as you can see, the hat is worn but of fine make, so therefore at one stage it was very expensive, but now it is it has not been well looked after. And it is in certain need of a brushing, and his wife clearly does not love him anymore because she has never once brushed this hat. Alright, <laughs> 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 that's okay. I, I appreciate that that's not the thing that falls off cliff. And then they, uh, Holmes de- finally deduces that he is a very intelligent man. And Watson's like, my dear Holmes, how <laughs> could you possibly know that? And he's like, well, Watson, this is a very large hat. And therefore, the man <laughs> whose head would fit within oh, it would be very no. large. And therefore, how's a very large brain? Therefore, he is an intellectual. <laughs> it's like the greatest thing ever. Okay, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know if the bigger the brain is, the more intelligent you are. It sounds like if they ever did the blue carbuncle, or that would be a joke th- in it. That would be a joke in it. Yeah, by uh, Inspector Lestrade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, mm. or Holmes would be like uh, uh, this. Uh, he might say, you know, he, this man is clearly not very intelligent. And um, Watson would be like, uh, why, why do you say that, Holmes? And he's like, well, obviously he left his hat at a crime scene. <laughs> 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 With his name inside it. <laughs> and I like his the, address. How fortunate. 
Mm. <laughs> so yeah, so some of the facts and and the the thing a the couple of those things held up. Yeah, some of and and obviously mm. they they're revealing the uh, sexism of the uh, the late nineteenth uh, and early twentieth century. Um, in the his wife didn't love him because she didn't brush his hat anymore, or was that a euphemism? Oh <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't. Sherlock Holmes <laughs> is so asexual that he doesn't know euphemisms. Yeah, yeah, he's not interested in them. Also, I love the fact that he's asexual, and he's. It's not just that the absence, the absence of explaining sex, because uh, Watson wants to have sex with everyone. Yeah, yeah. Watson's like the original hound dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's like, just like Holmes. Did you see her ankle as she passed? She certainly f- showed it to me. And Holmes is like, uh, well, she technically, has she has an ankle. I guess whatever. So I, I really love him being asexual, and even if he it, that was by accident, I'm glad that it hmm. stuck around until the Guy Ritchie films where he's straight now. Yeah, well, <sighs> I think um, he's also straight in Elementary. Mm, yes, he's but uh, pretty straight in BBC Sherlock too. Yeah, so. Um, yeah. he's so straight I mean, that he made a lesbian straight. <laughs> I fucking oh, hate that show. Um, so what do we think defines a Sherlock Holmes story? What like what makes what it a good story? The God. thing is that like a lot of the the dressings of it are um you don't even need Sherlock Holmes in the Sherlock Holmes story because house exists. Right. Well simply put, what you need for a Sherlock Holmes story is a mystery, Sherlock Holmes, a, a Sherlock figure, a, a um Watson figure, a stand-in for two two one B, and a stand-in for uh, Ma- Miss uh, 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 Mrs. Ma- Hudson, Mrs. Hudson, right. and of course, of course, you need the, the, the you need Watson's dog. Yes, definitely need Watson's dog. Love the dog. I don't know the dog's name. I'm pretty sure it's Gladstone. Gla- um, Gladstone, great name for a dog. Why did you name your, your dog Remus when Gladstone was available? Well, we were going to name him Gladstone, but then we couldn't think of like a nickname for Gladstone. We're just Gladzy. Go, Glad. Aren't you glad we named you that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm really anyway, glad that you didn't. Let's move away from that. Um, uh, this is dangerous pun territory, and we don't do that nonsense here. What? <coughs> you? Sorry, I was being uh, contrary. Um, <laughs> anyway. I, I think... Um, I, I agree. What I makes a, a great Sherlock Holmes uh, story as well for me is the idea that we start in one place and then we often end up somewhere very left of field to where we began. And there's always something happening, I found in the, particularly in any good mystery, but in Sherlock Holmes novels, there's always something happening at the start of the book that somehow links with the crime that you don't know is going to be the thing that links to it. So, like, you know, somebody might have come to see Holmes... And then it turns out that that person was completely irrelevant to the case that he was following until the end when you realise they're actually connected. <gasps> um, Shock and horror. Yes. A plot twist, you mean? But yeah, I, I really I, like that. But I mean... The, the, a set up in a, a punch. Yes, there, there's a setup, um, but you don't know it's a setup until the end when you're like, oh, shit, that was the person that was in the parlour at the start. Uh, I also think that his uh, drug addiction is, a, uh, is an interesting and important mm. part of his character... Because it's beyond um, just being the smart guy that solves mysteries. Because oh, yeah, smart yeah. guy that solves mysteries isn't an interesting character. Smart so, drug addict yeah, that yeah, solves yeah. mysteries. Well, Genius. I, I think the ones that have nailed that is easily elementary. Elementary and House did oh, the yeah. drug addiction really well. In House, um, we'll probably talk about this 
um, in detail. But that's a, an arc for the fir- for the whole show mm. is his drug addiction. Well, in elementary, um, it literally uh, the show begins. And and by the way, I was dead set against Me elementary too. when they first announced mm. it because I was like, first of all, it's set in America, and I hate that for Sherlock Holmes. And then secondly. Um, they were going to they they had announced that Lucy Liu was going to play Watson and i want to be very clear i wasn't against the idea of watson being a woman because it was a woman i was against it because i thought they were going to turn them into a romance i uh, didn't yes. watch elementary and i still haven't really i've watched four episodes specifically because of that i was like they're definitely going to make them dates and i always said when i first started watching it i was like the instant this becomes a couple i'm out and they never did. Oh, and I was like, good. this is so good. And they have such great chemistry. Uh, it's such a thoroughly enjoyable show. It's one of the few home uh, Sherlock and Holmes media pieces of media where I can think where we see uh, John or Joan in, that, in this case adapt, like fully embrace a detective lifestyle. And yeah, she yeah. Uh, re- gets really good. And mm. we even see um, uh, Sherlock's brother... Uh, Minecraft, Minecraft. Oh yeah. Um, he he can play the game too. He's not the same as in the books. But and I I also yeah. like adaptations that make Watson smart. Watson is not stupid. Yeah, yeah. He's just not as smart as Sherlock Holmes. And even then, he's like, I know that the world goes around the sun, so piss <laughs> off. <laughs> and you, you can uh, you I'll, can thank um, Guy Ritchie for that one because before a lot of the adaptations leading I, up to no, him, um, well, I guess they were all. Watson was always like this pudgy dude with a thick sort of bumbling moustache. He was always bumbling around I mean, after Holmes, and he was like, "My dear Holmes, I I'm suppose. such a dummy." That I, that is what the joke in um, "Without a Clue" is yeah, is right. based on. Like people think that he's sm- uh, he's dumb, but he is a war doctor, mm. and I like him being like good at medicine. I think he him having an aspect in medicine mm. and also knowing how to talk to people. But really then you, helps. you get, say, Jude Law's Watson, for example, mm-hmm. where he's not only is he a, a, a great physician, but he's also a seasoned uh, soldier and he also loves a fight. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> that's one of my favourite things about him. He's like, oh, no, I shouldn't. Okay, I will. <laughs> and then they get stuck into it. I I, um, I have to say, when, when you train, it doesn't really matter. I don't think... Places or things or characters' names will really matter in a Sherlock story. It Sherlock has exploded onto the scene, exploded onto the scene in such a fashion that people were writing stories about him before he entered the public domain mm. and just, just changing, changing the name. names. Yeah, uh, Bram Stoker, that shit. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he's such an iconic character, and people love him, and they mm. will change him however they want and he will be asexual and he'll be straight and he'll be gay mm. and him and john will have a baby together for <laughs> in one have thing you, have you and seen, then, um, then true story spoiler alert that happens in uh, BBC Sherlock. What? No, it doesn't <laughs> it, it does it, it actively doesn't it does at the end at the end they're like oh they uh, they got a baby now and they they live together hey oh uh BBC God. Sherlock if you want to make it gay Make it gay. <laughs> don't, anyway, don't it doesn't, I, that's the reason I don't like it. It doesn't like matter. Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, all that. Sherlock is now the, a genre. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's a really great point. Um, 
it's yeah, I, I agree uh, i don't have much to add to that it, it's true the um the you got the mystery aspect yeah, there's always a mystery there's always like the basics but like in doctor who the sherlock holmes is a lizard lesbian <laughs> i i i do have to admit she is up there with some of my one of my favorites i just i wish that they did that spin-off that yeah. they always said they were going to do for them Oh, were they actually going to give them their like, own show? I, th- I thought I heard something years ago, but I'm not I mean, they, sure. They should have at least. Well, they made a big finish story. They they could have given them like a limited series would have been nice, like just a, a mm. single series for Doctor Who fans that really loved that. Um, I, I think what was interesting as well, um, and I mean, say what you like about the Guy Ritchie films, um, he kicked off the popularity wagon for Holmes again when they released the 2009. People Did he? Th- yeah, for sure. Because, um, because Sherlock Holmes has always had like stuff coming out. Yeah, but not like, it wasn't... Not in the mainstream. Not in oh, main, okay. Yeah, no, it was always television or audio drama or, or something like that. So when those films came out, I remember because like I, that was how I was... Before, when I was younger, when I was a little kid, I remember I used to think Sherlock Holmes was a real detective. <laughs> when I was like a little kid, I was like, because he was so prominent in literature that as a little kid, you're like, oh, Sherlock Holmes, he's like a real guy. And then you find out when you're like, like older and you start reading, you're like, oh, he's, uh, he's actually not real. Was he your second Santa Claus? Yeah, actually. <laughs> mm. um, but then like I, I was interested in the character, but I wasn't like – super keen on it until i until they released sherlock holmes in 2009 and i was like i gotta read these books and they at that time there was an explosion of sherlock holmes books being sold uh, i remember qbd borders all those places were all selling them for like nine dollars for the collection of sherlock holmes and i was like yeah i'll take those i um I, I'm extra. So what I did instead of buying the cheap version was I got that really fancy one. Oh yeah, yeah. That cost like fifty bucks, and I'm like, mm. well, I'm. So and then I got the audiobooks anyway, <laughs> and I haven't read that one. <laughs> but it looks nice. It looks so good. I remember I was um, when after Sherlock Holmes came out, I was. Um, I, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I'm highly impressionable. What? Um, so I, when that movie came out, I saw it five times at the cinema. I was sleeping on my floor. I had candles going with books scattered around me. Uh, it was it was a weird time for me as a nineteen. Are you okay? Man. Yeah, fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. Um, anyway, so I was obsessed, absolutely obsessed with it. And um, I, so as a result, I would go to the op shops a lot and see if I could find like old novel versions of it. I found this beautiful version one day by chance, which was like uh, an old like collection from a collection of books. Mm-hmm. And it was like um, that beautiful like bottle green leather. Mm. And it had like uh, the gold. Um, uh, it was all like all the um, title was written in gold ink and stuff. It was a beautiful, beautiful book. I've still got it. And it's got even the pages have that gold. Uh, you know how the Bible has that like gold sheen? Oh, yes, yes, That's yes. what the pages of this book are like. You're describing the book that I own. Oh, really? I think we might have the same book. I'll Maybe. take a picture of it later. But this one was like published in like 19 something or other. We don't have the same book. Right. But we have a similar thing. It's I don't know, I don't know if it's leather, but it's like brown has the gold mm. pages or whatever. Uh, just to return to an earlier note of what makes a Sherlock thing, uh, a Sherlock uh, story. And I think the one, probably the most important point that I forgot about was you have to have Sherlock explain what's going on. Right. And yeah, yeah. he has to lead and um he has to lead you through and he has to give you the clues. At, John will give you the clues as you go and Sherlock will give you the answer at the end. Yeah, right. That's, That's actually cool. really cool. That's a really if good point. If that doesn't happen, 
then you're not, it's not a mystery. You're not being challenged to actually solve this yourself. That's, yeah, that's yeah. one of the things that I love most about mysteries. Uh, if it's it, like the Guy Ritchie film, the first one, he doesn't explain anything until the end. He's just like, he, do you remember this visual? Yeah, yeah. Mm. But like it, it, in the... The second one was much more of a mystery. Yeah, mm. I really liked it. But um, I agree. I think that if you don't have that aspect of the mystery, then you're missing out. So let's talk about characters in uh, Sherlock Holmes. Obviously, we have the uh, the, the titular character Sherlock Holmes. Uh, what what are your the fa- your favorite traits about Sherlock Holmes? Like, what, what do you love about him personally? Um, Sherlock's kind of an arsehole in, in most representations of mm. him. He's he's a very self. Well, oddly enough, he's not character. in the books. He's he's not so callous well. in the books. Uh, like I find that particularly like the Cumberbatch version. Mm. Um, is very like kind of almost cruel to people, <laughs> um, and like I mean, he's I, a highly functioning sociopath. Yeah, darling. yeah. So it, it, I, I I don't like that. I, no, I like him. Either. I like him being um. A he's bit a bit obtuse and a bit sort of like he'll he'll take the piss out of people, but he's not ever like the, he's actually Sherlock in the novels. He's very compassionate to the people that come into to see him mm-hmm. because he has a genuine uh, concern for public welfare. So, um, I mean, this is the guy that sacrificed everything, including the knowledge of the earth going around the sun <laughs> in order to solve <laughs> mysteries better. Let's uh, also talk about Sherlock's background. Sherlock comes from an extremely wealthy family. So he was doing all he? right. Yeah. He was doing all right. Because he needed a roommate to board with. Yeah, because London's super expensive and he didn't want to just throw money away. The rent's too goddamn high. <laughs> <laughs> So I I had I um so I'm only halfway through uh the uh, studying Scarlet, which mm. is why we're not talking about it fully. Mm. But I was under the assumption that Sherlock Holmes was not rich, like well, he had enough for an education. No, he comes as far as I'm aware, he comes from a very wealthy. Fa- him and Mycroft are both very well to do. Mycroft more so because he plays the game, he's in the government and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had the uh, the uh, the assumption that Minecraft was rich, but Sherlock Holmes wasn't, because Sherlock Holmes is spending his time solving mysteries for um, for, free. for for people that uh, can only pay him like a bit. No, there's some cases that he does for like uh, say for example um, a scandal in Bohemia where it's like a king that's coming to get him to solve this case. Yeah, so and the um to get his naughty photos back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, what is it? Hound of the Baskervilles. They uh apparent they didn't say how much he got, but apparently it was very generous. Yeah, right. So mm. he, let's assume he's doing all right. <laughs> I assume that he can make a living, but I didn't assume that he was rich. If that makes sense. Yeah, right. Like well, he had enough to pay half the rent. I think and he, some food. He's not um, he's not of the lower class. Well, he, I thought he was middle class. No, no. I I think he was. I think he was probably the son of a very wealthy. Oh aristocrat or something like that and he's kind of because of his bohemian lifestyle he's kind of rebelled against that mm. uh so let's have a chat about john okay so i like john i don't like when he's an idiot i like when he's clever but not as smart as sherlock holmes mm. there's Good. a very like i like wilson yeah that's ha- house that's house yeah, right. um i like that version of watson i like watson and i like the guy Ritchie version mm. i like it when i also love martin freeman in that role as well oh yes yes he, like John needs to be the human grounding element. Yes, he, yeah. he needs to. He's more us. empathetic. Jo- John's the audience almost. Yeah, like he needs to 
uh, point out things that when like that Sherlock is he's too brazen to point mm. that out for uh, a mere detective, so he's gonna point that. Out. But um, John will point that out because John's presumed to like in a lot of older stuff. He's just that bumbling old slow guy that yeah, traces yeah. around Sherlock like a puppy. Yeah, yeah, I like him being the empathetic one, the mm. one that is em- that. Oh, he's, a, he's always very empathetic, especially if there's a uh, like a young woman involved. But there's also <laughs> this adorable scene where Sherlock Holmes is trying to solve the mystery, and uh, Watson is uh, trying to entertain a little girl who's uh, the daughter. I want to say question mark. I'll look. I'll watch it again later. Um, of one of the victims, um, and he's just trying to entertain her and comfort her mm. like a doctor. Yeah. Right. I love I love that scene in the Sherlock Holmes film, like the Guy Ritchie one, where uh, the guy's catatonic and they're like, "No one can, nobody can bloody talk to him." And then Watson's going out to him and he's checking him and he's like, "It's okay, I'm a doctor." <laughs> and you're like, "Ah, oh, that's cool. He's actually mm. useful." <laughs> yeah, so I I like that. It, it's hard to um, to do. It's easy actually. It's very easy to do Watson well. Mm. You just make him empathetic, and you all of the flaw, and you make him Sherlock Holmes' doctor. Mm. Um, mm. Like, and his compassion for Sherlock is really important too, mm-hmm. because you know uh, Sherlock rubs people the wrong way. So you need that person that can, in one hand, be rubbed the wrong way as well, <laughs> um, but not be afraid to tell him about it either. Which is, I, I mm. like that when they they have a. The chemistry of their relationship is so important to the story, especially to an ad- adaptation. Uh, Brendan, what's your favorite aspect of John Watson? Oh, um, that uh, probably that John is—he's always the one that we see from. So the fact that he's the audience stand-in, I feel like, makes me feel more empathetic to him. Um, mm. And he's the narrator as well. He's, yeah. he's writing he did write the, the books. So the the framework of Sherlock Holmes, in case you guys uh, haven't read it yet and have just seen the adaptations, is that these are true stories that John Watson w- is recounting. Yes, which um, and which is really cool. Which makes me think that he's downplaying him his own participation in them. <laughs> I love Sherlock. I, hates I really them. like the fact that sh- that Watson. Like Watson's like this guy is so cool and smart, and I was a bit of a twat. Mm. I I love that aspect, and um, it it really helps in in the first book, which we're gonna explain in more detail. But he's like he had these flaws, and it's weird, and he's weird, and he ejaculated everywhere. <laughs> uh, oh dear! It's um, the eighteen hundreds. People were ejaculating all over the place, just very descriptively. Uh, <laughs> It was uh, just so clear that it was a, a descriptive word. It, it was a descriptive word to uh, to describe expressing uh, verbally and, and excitedly. Watson did a lot of it. So <laughs> uh, I think uh, the statistic is that Watson ejaculated twice as often as Sherlock did. Oh my god! Anyway, uh, it's my favorite. So uh, in Holmes and Watson, no, there's no, a no, character no. that actually is a. She has the same mental cam- uh, capabilities of a cat. What? And no, no, don't explain it. Uh, it's fine. It's probably uh, fine. It's fine. So let's uh, don't let's have, have a to chat watch about um, some of the other characters uh, in Sherlock Holmes. So okay, uh, obviously there is the quintessential bad guy of bad guys, which is Professor James Moriarty. 
I like him. I, I think that he's the most changed from the books because you described him as... He's literally described as looking like Mr. Burns. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the, like, I think there's even a line where Holmes remarks that he looks as though a stiff breeze would knock him over. Like he's he, his he's intellectual afraid. equal, but also he's weak. Like, um, I imagine he walks around going, boo, a lot. <laughs> He's just I was saying words. <laughs> I can see him like winding an a dollar, uh, sorry, a pound bill outside his uh, his uh, buggy, and then uh, waiting for a ch- poor child to come along, and then, and then telling the driver to go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they ditch that immediately. Not only can he uh, is he as smart as Sherlock Holmes, but he can also fight him. Mm. Um, and I think that, like, I think he's in always... In the adaptations, he was always it, very frail in the books. Like, that never changes. He's, yes. Mm. But in the adaptations, they're like, we can't have someone that is described as being able to punch a cart in the face and he's fighting Mr. Burns. So well, they made him They made him both as smart and also as tough, but he's always older. Did you notice? Yeah, well, that's because mm. he's like 106 in, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in, in the books. But it's funny because uh, in the books, there's the, the obvious uh, spoiler alert, Reichenbach Falls, where mm-hmm. Holmes and, and Moriarty go over the edge. And uh, afterwards, they're like, I'm pretty sure there's a, a line where they're saying, Holmes could, could have survived. He, he, he might have landed in the water. And um, they're like, what about Moriarty? He's like, yeah, no way. <laughs> 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 he died on the way down. <laughs> um, oh, God. That in so, uh, that ending, like, he wanted to end Sherlock Holmes so bad. And then everyone was like, no. Bring him back. And his publisher's like, bring him back. He's oh, like, so fucking hate him. And, uh, and he waited 15 years. He hanged on for 15 years. I respect that. In, in what, a, to not write, in a, to not write Sherlock <laughs> stories. So, uh, and then in and the then, meantime, people you know, wrote fan fiction. Oh, he's like, God, this is awful. And I've got no money. <laughs> yeah, it was the no money thing. Because no, no one cared about anything else he was writing. Yeah, right. Um, but he hated Sherlock Holmes so much that he accidentally said that um, Watson's name was James. He wrote James Watson and no one checked because why would he fuck that up so badly? Yeah, wow. Um, He was a bitter man. One thing I do love about um, Moriarty is that Mm -hmm. confrontation that they have. And this happens in um, his last bow. I think that he and uh, Holmes goes to visit Moriarty and they have that exchange where he's basically like, Holmes is saying, if it means I have to die to stop you, I will cheerfully choose that fate. Uh, who's your favourite Moriarty? Jared Harris, hands down. He's the only yeah. one that you, I believe. I think Mr. Burns is mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm surprised that the um, Simpsons haven't done an episode. I'm sure they must have, surely, right? Uh, they definitely had Sherlock Holmes in an episode or maybe Lisa's... Uh, like Lisa being uh, Sherlock and... And Bart's the Watson. Uh, Watson. <laughs> Mr. Burns is Moriarty. They've got to have done it at some point, surely. If they didn't uh, steal it from us, we're not going to do anything with this idea. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so th- that uh, Jared Harris for me is, is definitely it because like he can back up. And also they explain his criminal empire really well in mm-hmm. that film. Like they're like, yeah, this guy was switched on. He had, a, it was a literal spider's web. 
And I thought that was really cool. That's cool. What and about that, you? He was so sinister in that role too. That's fair. Uh, the sinister is an interesting aspect mm. that some and he was, adaptations he don't do. He was a genuine narcissist as well. So like there's that scene in the where he's got ho- finally got Holmes strapped to the chair and then and he's like about to start torturing him and he's like looking at himself in the mirror and singing and you're like, okay. <laughs> um, is that an aspect in the books? No, no, because he, he's literally like one, like Irene Adler, he's one of those characters that just kind of only appears in one or two uh, So he's versions. not like his arch nemesis. He well, just he, showed up a couple of times. He is. But he is the, the one that killed Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Well, but sort he, of, kind of. For 15 years. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's definitely um, he's definitely his arch nemesis. That's never in question. But it's it's kind of like they were limited by the times. It's not like mm-hmm. now where we live for extended. You know, we want to see like like Loki in Thor, right? You would have thought he would have been uh, one and done, or maybe a couple of films, and then they'd rest him. But now people are like, no, we want more, we want more. So it's different now. I mean, I'm surprised we haven't got a Moriarty spinoff in. Um, <laughs> Like the the story from his perspective. Uh, no, because he's just a bad guy. Actually, that would be really cool if it was like Peaky Blinders and it showed you how he built his criminal empire and then this Sherlock comes, I have a, stop, stop talking as I have a great idea. Um, uh, We'll save it for the pitch uh, yeah. episode. What about you? What, uh, what adaptation of Moriarty do you like the most? That isn't Mr. Burns. Um, uh, the Family uh, Family Guy episode's fun. Uh Oh, where, where um where Peter is, is, it, is Mori- uh sorry he doesn't play Moriarty he Lois's plays. dad is Moriarty isn't yes. he yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> there's so many uh, adaptations I really like the Star Trek episodes that have Moriarty oh, yeah, yeah. but he's not evil in that he's just like in the first episode he's like he's just put I'm out I'm on a yeah he's put out <laughs> on the first episode he's like. Am I on a starship? That's weird. I'm going to kidnap this. Uh, hey, I'm going to kidnap your doctor uh, person until you get me the captain of whatever this vessel is. <laughs> and then uh, Picard comes in and is like, hey. Um, your hologram that's been brought to life. Uh, and we and we can store you until we think of something. And then uh, four seasons later, he comes back and he's like, hey. What the fuck? <laughs> that was that was hell. Do you know how much I was? I was alive. I was sentient. You get me this fucking capture. I'll blow this ship up. So okay. you know he took a turn. Um, it was so good. That's my favorite. Speaking of people that start with M, what about Mycroft Holmes? Okay, so I don't know much about him. Mm. I don't. I haven't read uh, most of the books, and he's not in most of the adaptations that I've seen. Mm. I, I think Stephen Fry is. Ah, the best, perfect, yeah, perfect. Yeah, definitely, I agree. Uh, my favorite bit in that film is when Watson, like in his very masculine way, sticks his hand out to say, to shake his hand and say hello, and uh, <laughs> Mycroft just goes no, <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, uh, then Holmes leans over, and goes he doesn't, and he goes never, and he's like, never. <laughs> Do you um? So he, is he more of an asshole than Sherlock Holmes? Um, well, sort of, but he's. Or is he just the way he's described pompous. in the books? As far as I recall, is he's he's as uh, well, Sherlock describes him as being just as gifted as he is, okay, if not more, uh, only infinitely more lazy. <laughs> that's which is why great. he opted for a government role. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! 
That's pretty great. I respect that. Uh, and so, he's very fat. Uh, yeah, yeah. He 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 likes life. He enjoys the finer things. Uh, Whereas Sherlock's the opposite. He's like steel cable. Um, that's incredible. Because he eats once a week and lives off opium. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so uh, I, I do love uh, uh, Stephen Fry as Mycroft, and the character is again none of these characters, as far as I remember, none of them really feature in the books that frequently. Um, but they're they're so sort of impactful when they are there because mm. of the adaptation process. People just pick and choose mm. what aspects of the books to uh, adapt and change. Yeah, yeah. Like for example, you got Inspector Lestrade, who is the main inspector. Um, that is mm. either hates Sherlock Holmes or alternatively really wants to impress Sherlock Holmes yeah, really yeah. badly. Yep. Um, depending on the adaptation. And uh, even the, I think one thing that really impressed me with Elementary as well was that they introduced uh, Captain Gregson. Well, who in the novels is I think Inspector Gregson. He's Inspector Gregson, but he's also the one that's not uh, Inspector Lestrade, so no right. one cares. But that's really good because he's kind of a nobody, but they're still honouring the characters in the book. Mm -hmm. So when they introduced him in Elementary, they uh, and that's, this is something I really love about Elementary is they treat all the characters with a really uh, phenomenal dignity, like. Mm -hmm. Even if they're uh, a side character or they're the villain of the week kind of thing, they're still really they, – they give them their time. They give them their moment. And uh, Gregson is a character that appears in the, all seven seasons of um, Sherlock uh, – sorry, uh, Elementary. And um, they just turn him into a really great character. They take a character that was very minimal in the books and just make him – and not in a way that feels needless either. Um, I, I – Man, I really want to watch Elementary. You keep pitching it, and I have a, an excuse now. It's one of the best procedural TV shows. Oh ever yeah, so yeah. so the um the reason one of the, there's two reasons I didn't watch Elementary. One is, was the first one where um I didn't want them to have a love story, and I was sick of that. And I just saw a show where that happened. Um, and the second reason was I didn't want to watch another cop show. Right. Um, but Sherlock Holmes is a cop show is such an obvious adaptation idea that I'm surprised that it took them this long. Mm. Also, a uh, fun bit of trivia is that the people that made Elementary went to the BBC and was like, hey, can we adapt Sherlock? And they're like, no. And they're like, wait a minute. It's in the public domain. Fuck them. <laughs> right, so um, let's uh, finally, let's talk about locations in Sherlock Holmes. Now, obviously, um, we have London. Um, 221B. Um, I, I have this thing about 221B Baker Street. When I, when I read the books, um, I have this kind of mixed medley of all the different versions that, that I've seen of 221B. And it creates this, um, I don't know, it's kind of like uh, when you, like if you're a Harry Potter fan and you read about Gryffindor Common Room, mm -hmm. his like parlor is so uh, at home for me. Like I imagine the, the crackling fire and the, the sooty windows from the smoggy London outside and the, the comfy leather armchair that Holmes sits in. And, and there's just this, it's a real place for me in my mind. Um, um, and that's what I love about 221B. It is really fun. One of the things that I don't know if this is hypocritical or if it's true, but um, I heard that 221B Baker Street was a real address. And tourists kept showing up there. Yeah, yeah, there is. Okay, like I went there when I was on my honeymoon. Yeah. So what happened was that people lived there, mm. right? It was a house. People lived there, but all these Sherlock Holmes fans kept showing up, and it's like, hey, I'm pretty sure now it's At, a museum. Yeah, they turned it into a museum because they're like, yeah, 
Well, if they're going to shop anyway, I'll, we'll charge them. So when I went there in uh, a couple of, uh, 2019, mm-hmm. um, oh, God, I want to go there. Just in time. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so. Got in just under the wire. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was uh, it was such a, a cool experience because they it's like three levels. And you get to, you get to walk through and tour, and they have all Sherlock Holmes like artifacty type stuff around, and uh, so of course I wore um, tweed. Well, I didn't have any tweed at the time, but I did have a lovely double-breasted overcoat with a big collar, and I was like, "Yeah, this will do." That's more Sherlock Holmes than the tweed thing. <laughs> yeah, well, he Watson was the tweed man. He was the military yes. dress man, whereas Holmes was more like that bo- tragically bohemian. But uh, he's described. he, the only time he'd wet dress like you expect him to is when it was contextually appropriate. Mm. Like if they were going to a, a, a hunting ranch or whatever. And I've never wanted to smoke a pipe so bad as when I watched um, Sherlock Holmes smoke a pipe. My God. Uh, does he smoke a pipe in elementary or is it just cigars? Uh, no, he doesn't do any of that because he's... Because uh, uh, he's sober. To, yeah, he's trying to so be sober. Oh, so. Okay. Um, yeah, it's uh, none of that there. Um, so obviously BBC Sherlock, he's got the nicotine patches and uh, stuff. And he's on and off drugs and, mm. yeah, and drinking. Yeah. I think um, That doesn't happen in, in elementary. No, he's not allowed. Yeah. Um, I respect that in the books because I assumed that the um, him trying to get off drugs was an aspect that was adapted later. And it's the eighteen hundreds. So who cares? Mm. But uh, you said that he that that's an aspect in the books as well. Mm. Um, I think it's interesting in the Guy Ritchie uh, Sherlock Holmes. Um, there's that bit where uh, he's like uh, Watson's kind of like, "What are you on?" Basically, and he's like, um, "I've been doing an experiment for the last sixteen hours." <laughs> and, then, oh and then Watson's like, uh, "You do know what you're drinking." Is for eye surgery. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, hmm, refreshing. (laughs) Um, But in the books, uh, there's that opening scene in uh, Studying Scarlet, which we'll go into more next week, but Mm -hmm. where they're trying to work out whether or not they're suitable to live together. And Holmes is just like, um, yeah, sometimes I get sad and I stare at the wall for days on end um, and I like to take drugs and play my violin at three in the morning. That won't be a problem. We're letting... Watson's like, I don't think so. (laughs) And then they live together. I do appreciate... And we'll get into it more, but I appreciate that Watson's like, well, he does that, but also he plays me whatever I want because <laughs> he knows it's annoying. Yeah, this uh, is this has been a good first episode. Yes, um, and I think this is a good time to wrap it up. So next week uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the first instalment of the Sherlock Holmes novels, which is A Study in Scarlet. Uh, and it's a great book. Um, it's such an awesome introduction to the character, um, and we'll talk more about that next week. So thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Bye <laughs> now, y'all. <laughs> Fare thee well. And we will not bring up the Holmes movie. and Watson next week. <laughs> Unlike this week. First rule of anything but Holmes and Watson. Ta-ta. Bye. Bye. Bye.